it's pretty significant and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna catch all of you up because I feel it's it's a brand new year and uh to know where we're going and what God's speaking, what is God speaking prophetically, you know, and I've been asking the Lord, you know, Lord, what is the word for the new year, you know, and, you know, because you, you hear that in every, every year, you know, it's like there's, there's always a word for the new year, right? And everybody tries to get the fresh word, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be, I, no, give me the fresh man of God, you know, and, uh, but I do want, I want to go backwards a little bit because, to take you where we came from, to bring you where we're at right now, because I believe it's really significant. When we came to Ohio, we came back in 2017, I believe, to be a guest speaker. We were a guest speaker at a facility here, at a ministry here. And uh, I remember when we came to Ohio, the Lord told us, he says, I want you to scout the land, keep your eyes open, because I'm going to show you some things. I said, okay, God, so we did that. We flew in, and, you know, we came to Ohio. It was beautiful, flat, a lot of farms, <laughs> nothing really to see. You know, we're from San Antonio. We're from a, we're from a, a major city, and, and, and you know, it's, we're city people, you know. <laughs> so you come to the farmland, it's like, whoa. So, but I, re- I remember that, that Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, the Lord gave me a word. And he says, I want you to tell the people that they're in their Isaiah 22, 22 moment. And then the Lord says, because see, I was going to minister that Sunday morning. And he says, tell them they're in their Isaiah 22, 22 moment. And then go on and tell them that there's a double blessing on that word. Double blessing, a double glory, a double honor. He said, it was like a double, double bam kind of a word. So I'm like, man, that's an awesome word. And for those who don't know, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it, but it says in Isaiah 22, 22, it says, and I will give you the key to the house of David. And I will open the door that no man can open, and I will shut the doors that no man can shut, right? So, and then the Lord said, and there's a double blessing on that word. So I'm like, like, Lord, like double doors, blessings on the doors. And I thought that was pretty significant. And I didn't find out until later on. See, we have no idea what God does and how he does what he does or why he does what he does. But see, prior to that, we had received the word from a prophetic voice that came to one of our meetings and Basically, the word that they gave us was, listen, in a few months, somebody's going to come and they're going to give you the keys to a facility. And they said, and they wanted you to know, the Lord says, I want you to know ahead of time that, that it's God because when it happens, he doesn't want you to doubt it. He says, and do not say no to the keys. He says, because the keys are going to be the launching to the next season. I said, okay. You know, we, we travel all over. At that time, we were doing itinerant ministry, and everybody always has a word. And as a guest speaker, you go into a church, like, hey, brother, I got a word. Everybody wants to prophesy, right? And usually the word that they give you is like, I just see the Lord moving you here, <laughs> right? 
So I said, man, that's a powerful word. And so I, I said, well, nobody just gives away keys to buildings, you know, not, not, they don't, unless God does it. So I kind of put that one in my back pocket and said, amen. Well, thank you, Lord. I, I received that. Real charismatic, right? I received that. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Back pocket. And uh, so I go, and then we come to Ohio. We minister, and then we prophesy this word. We give this word about the Isaiah 22, 22. And I will give you the key to the house, David, and I will open the doors, and there's a double blessing, double glory, double honor, boom, all that good stuff, right? Little did I know that we were prophesying into our own destiny. Had no idea. Had no idea. That we were prophesying, that was in 2017. <laughs> because, see, in 2017 is when the Lord moved us to Ohio. And, see, there was a, a keys that were given to us. And we moved into a facility. And then all these things began to happen while we were there. All kinds of crazy stuff happened. I'm not even going to go backwards on that. And I'm like, God, you know, what? why? He said, well, I just used the keys to get you to step into the door. So, see, he had to bring us and give us the keys. See, sometimes the Lord wants to give us keys. He wants to give us the keys because there's, a, there's new things and new opportunities that he wants us to step into. So we came to Ohio because if anybody would have told me about coming to Ohio, to move in Ohio, listen, I love Ohio now. I do. It's it's family. It's heart. My heart's here. But before, like, no way. Like, I only see, like, what comes from Ohio? The mighty ducks. Quack, 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 quack. Like, I didn't know nothing about Ohio. I'm Dallas Cowboy. I'm San Antonio Spurs. You know, I'm Astros. I'm Texas. Sanato, right? That's. <laughs> but true, I would have never come to Ohio. But I came to Ohio and I fell in love with Ohio. <laughs> but see, it was never about a building. The Lord used the keys to get us to say yes to him. Sometimes the Lord... Well, just want to hear your yes to the season. You know, I've had people say like, well, I want to be a missionary. And then God's like, well, okay, well, I want to send you here. Oh, I'm not going to go there, God. And the Lord's like, well, I wasn't going to send you there. I just wanted to see if you'd say yes. It was never about going there. But it was only about your willingness to say yes to wherever I say I want to send you. You know, and I think that was one of the hardest things that we ever had to learn is like, Lord, what does your yes look like? Because we want to know, right? Just, because 2017, coming in Ohio, I mean, listen, I was, you know, Facebook brings those memories up. I prayed for snow that year. Listen, I had never been in, in Ohio snow. I would never been in any kind of snow. 30 years it hadn't snowed in Texas came to 2017, and it was negative 21 till March that year. No, you don't know, you don't understand. 
my winners were with, with, with hoodies. And now I'm in a building that has a, has a sewage plant that has to have a motor that runs to, to make this stuff move. And then it's negative 21. And it froze. So we're there with a blowtorch. Knee deep in fecal matter. Cooking poop. <laughs> so you want to be a governmental house. Listen. I'm, I'm, man, this is real, guys. Lord, send me. I want the nation's God. I want to see revival. And then you hand him a plunger. No, I want the microphone. True. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to have some fun today. But never would have thought we'd be in Ohio. And then it's a 22-22. So now I think about everything that we, we went through because it was never about a building. It was always about God orchestrating things in order. You know, I, I remember because there came a time when we had to leave the facility that we were in for no reason of our own. But we had to find and transition out. And we were looking for a place. And we went to Brian to look for a place to, to, to like do, do our outreach center. And I ran into my brother Bart. And my brother Bart, he owns several properties in, in, in the area. And, but I didn't remember him. But I, but I, want, I want to share this because I want the way that God orchestrates all these things. Because see, when God's in it, he's in it. I'm telling you. So I go and we're trying to find a place and like I go and I look at the property and, and I go and I meet my brother Bart and he says, you know, we've met before. I said, have we? He said, yeah, I went out to that property and he goes, I'll never forget you. Uh, I asked you if I could pull out my fiddle and play with the worship team. But as they were worshiping, just pull it out. And you said, you, he asked if he could play. I said, yeah, man, go ahead. He said, yeah. So he went, to, he went and pulled out. and there, I, I, I don't even remember him doing it. But you said something to me, Bart. You said, man, I'll never forget that. You said, I'll never forget that. <laughs> and you just said, you forgot it. See, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just quietly, but now listen, look what God did. And then because of that connection there, the building that I meet him, and then the favor of the Lord, we go, and then we're in Brian for a year, and then we transition. So, like, God is in this thing. Always. So now, oh, gosh, I got so much we want to share so much, Lord Jesus. So now we're going into our fifth year in Ohio. 
our fifth year in Ohio, and I really believe the five, you know, we're a prophetic house. You know, five is the grace of God. I believe that. But I asked the Lord this morning because, see, I, I, I had an encounter this morning. And I wasn't sure if I was going to share that this morning, but it was pretty profound. How many of you guys believe in the supernatural, the glory? All right. Okay. Praise God. For those who don't and those that didn't raise your hand, it's going to stretch you. So I just pray right now, Lord, stretch them softly. Right now, Lord. Holy Spirit. (laughs) But I asked the Lord, what are you speaking for 2022? Like, you know, it's like I know, every, and I'm seeing everybody. It's like, it's, it's the year of the open doors. Praise God. I'll take the open door. I'll take the double-double. I'll take, I'll take all those things, Lord. Praise God. I, I believe in all that. That's great. But there, I was sitting on my couch early this morning, and I, I'm just worshiping there, and I got my feet up on the recliner. Got my little blanket on. Yeah. And I, I closed my eyes. And as I closed my eyes, I had this vision. And as I looked, I saw the other couch that's in my, my, my apartment there. And, and I saw a woman sitting down. And she was doing, and she was like, like cursing me. And she was like, just, I could see her face. And she was pointing her finger. And I'm like, in, my, in, in this encounter, this dream that I'm not asleep, I'm wide awake, but I have my eyes closed and my mind's eye, I'm seeing it, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. I opened my eye, and she wasn't there, but I closed my eye and, and just like that. And then all of a sudden, I saw the wall open up, like where she was, behind where she was at, and I saw this man walk in my living room. He walks in my living room, and he's got like a brown trench coat, a long brown trench coat, and he had a cap, like one of those detective hats. And he walks in, and I'm watching this in my house. I'm watching this happen in my apartment with my eyes closed. He walks in, and then he walks around, and then he sits down right next to me in the, in the seat in my recliner. And I'm like, what is going on? And I said, this is, is this real? So I, I turn my head and I open my eyes. like, and there's nothing there. So I close my eye and he's there. And then I open my eye again and he's not there. So I close my eyes. So I close my eyes I said, because something inside of me just felt like, I want to see what's going to happen next. I mean, like, like something's happening spiritually, supernaturally, and I don't know what it is, but it feels right, but I don't understand it. Come on, that sounds like the glory to me. I don't know. So, so he, he's there, and I, and, I, and I close my eyes, and he looks at me. He, um, he turns and he looks at me like this. And as he looks at me, I recognize that he had no hands. He had no hands and he had no face. 
It was almost as if even that movie, remember the movie The Invisible Man? That old, where he had bandages? Where he was just wearing this hat. And I'm like, whoa. Then he stands up, walks towards the middle of the living room, then walks towards this lady where this lady was like cursing me, stands in front of her. And he's just looking at her. And then he turns around and he walks out. He walks like towards my kitchen and then he just disappears. And then, and then all of it's gone. And then as I come out of this thing, I'm sitting there in my living room and I'm like, God, what was that all about, man? Like, tell me, what is that? I said, was that an angel? I mean, what was it? And the Lord just began to say, he said, that was nameless and faceless. That was nameless and faceless. And I'm going to tell you what that looks like. You see, let me read this. Holy Spirit. I didn't really understand what it meant other than he didn't have a face. You know, and it reminded me of the, the scripture in Revelation. I believe there's another one in Ezekiel, or I think, where it talk. I, I could be wrong, but where it talks about the nameless, faceless generation. Then I went back and I looked it up because I'm like, man, man, surely somebody has seen this before. I'm like, I can't be the first person ever. So I looked this up and then I saw where um, in 1989, in February of 1989, there was a conference that Paul King was speaking at. And uh, Paul King prophesied at the time, this is what he said in this prophetic word, because I believe the faceless, nameless, we're about to see the sons of God, we're about to see those who are not on the Elijah list, those who God has kept in a secret place. We're going to see the new breed emerging. This is part of the word for 2022. We're about to see the new breed emerging. That those that the Lord has kept in a secret place. It is the eagles of fire. The eagles on the edge that God has kept in a place. While the enemy has gone and he's been trying to assassinate the prophetic voice. That God has said, I have kept these here. I have kept these here for such a time as this. In 1989 in uh, Anaheim Vineyard, during a conference, Paul Cain Paul prophesied a time when athletic stadiums and arenas would be filled with God's people preaching the gospel and healing the sick. Come on, man. We would see miracles and healings in an extraordinary fashion. And in this vision, he saw ambulances bringing the worst medical cases to local hospitals, bringing them and emptied. The, the local hospitals were being emptied and they were being delivered. And the patients were being set free. People were being raised from the dead. Come on, we say it 
jokingly, but I said, man, we have a, a ramp right here in the back of the building. We're calling this ramp the, the hospital bed ramp. I believe it, man. I believe it wholeheartedly. Listen, you and I are sons and daughters of the king. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and I. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. All of heaven is, is within you. Do you realize how much? Oh, kick the devil in the mouth of that. <laughs> Man. That the sick would be healed in extraordinary fashions. In this vision, he saw ambulances being, being, uh, bringing the worst medical cases to the local hospitals being emptied to deliver their patients to the events. And the dead people were being raised by an army of nameless and faceless Christians. I believe that is what we're going to begin to see. I do. Can you imagine? I just, I'm just going to, I want to provoke your spirit in a good way right now. <laughs> the local newspaper. Group of radical Christians flood the streets of Archibald, flood the streets of Toledo. Praying for the sick. They visit the local mortuary. Bodies begin to rise up. Come on, you know, I, I have friends that are part of the DRT squad up in Reading. There's a day, I mean, they carry business cards. This is real, guys. This is, the, this is how we should live. They carry business cards, and it says DRT squad. Yeah, somebody who's looking, somebody who's about to die, boom, dead raising team. That's what they do. When they die, they said, call us before you call anybody else. They've seen over 25 different resurrections from the dead because they position themselves to say yes. They saw an army of the nameless and faceless Christians releasing a wave of miraculous healings and conversion. This vision encompassed multiple venues over an extended period and spoke of God's glory being released in an unprecedented manner. On a scale that had not been witnessed before, in short, this work was not the result of man, but this is the work of the Father himself. Paul Cain recounts that in his vision, the international media were reporting the amazing events that took place. This was in the news of the day. Every channel, every station, every nation. This is not an isolated Christian event, the kind that is well known and publicized in the Christian community Yet the, even the immediate neighbors of the event had no clue what was happening inside. Rather, this was a series of events that would affect the world and the communities around stadiums and arenas. It is a picture of the entirety of the possibility of the biblical scenarios. Paul King declared that this large audiences who were familiar with God's presence but this was a vision far beyond even the crowd that 
uh, could even encompass at the time. Listen, I believe something has shifted. I do. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Wow. Thank you, Father. I'm going to have uh, uh, Pastor Jeff come up here really quick. Because, see, we're about to get into something this year. And I need you to know, if you're a part of this house, those that are watching, where we're going. Because, listen, we tend to get a little bit crazy sometimes for Jesus. I've been, <laughs> I've been placed on heresy hunters. People have made fake websites about me. They put horns on me. They've drawn tails about me. Because I believe in raising the dead. Because I believe in all things Jesus did what can, is what we can do. So moving forward for 2022, we're going to go on the record and tell you exactly what we believe. Okay? And that way there's no questions. Oh, this isn't that much. This is, can be found on the web page. There we go. This is what we believe. First, we're going to start off with a, starts off with apostolic and prophetic. It says Revival Hub is an apostolic prophetic ministry that is being used to gather and mobilize the body of Christ to walk in the fullness of their identity in Christ. We are an apostolic and prophetic community of radical lovers of Jesus who are laboring to see a global awakening, to see a mighty harvest of souls come to the kingdom of God. The apostolic isn't a buzzword, okay? It's an expression of God's kingdom here on earth. When the fivefold ministry gets established, you will see heaven manifested and God's kingdom demonstrated through signs, wonders, and miracles on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the core beliefs, which is what he was referring to, our belief about man. We believe that man was created by God from the dust of the earth without sin or the knowledge of good and evil. The first man, Adam, transgressed the command of God, and as God had warned, the process of death entered him and all of his descendants because of that transgression. Therefore, all have sinned and are worthy of the sentence of death. Because of our unrighteousness, we are unable to approach a holy God except through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. Through Jesus, we not only can come before the throne of grace, but we may approach it boldly. Since our confidence is not in ourselves, but in our Lord Jesus Christ. On the atonement, because we all have sinned and are therefore under the sentence of death, all must trust in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus for the remission of sins. There's no other way to reconcile with God or escape from eternal judgment except through the propitiatory sacrifice of Jesus. Those who trust in Jesus Christ have access to the throne of grace by his sacrifice and by his sacrifice alone. 
Good works are acceptable to God only as a love offering given to him because of his worthiness and have no bearing on our acceptance, standing, or approval, all of which we were accomplished by the cross. I'm going to read that again. Good works are acceptable to God only as a love offering. Okay? Given to him because of his worthiness and have no bearing on our acceptance, standing, or approval. You got that part? Of which, all of which were accomplished by the cross. Good works offered for the purpose of acceptance, standing, or approval are therefore an affront to the cross by which all of these things were gained for us by Jesus. Good works are not offered for his approval, but for his joy and glory and must be offered through the Son in obedience to him. Therefore, the goal of our service is obedience, not sacrifice. There's only one sacrifice. On the new birth, believing in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God and in his propitiation made for our salvation results in a regeneration and renewal that constitutes our new birth into new creations. A lot of big words there, but you'll have to read it and you should go and read it and chew on it, okay? Although this does not imply immediate perfection in our temporal life or lifestyle, it does mean that true faith will result in a radical change in us. Being born again implies a new beginning, not an ending. Christian maturity in faith, truth, and life is a process. Even so, this process must begin with spiritual regeneration or new birth. While it is possible to change our behavior without regeneration, changing our hearts requires the new birth. And it is our hearts upon which God looks. The purpose of faith. True faith is of the heart and not just the mind. God's purpose in requiring faith for salvation is to raise our focus and concentration above the temporal to the one who is eternal. Therefore, the gospel that is able to save our souls must be preached in the power of the Spirit of God, not man's wisdom. The gospel is not dependent upon humans' eloquence or persuasion that may change minds, but cannot change hearts. Only the Spirit of God can reveal the Son of God, and only the Son of God can reveal the Father. On the authority of Scripture, we believe in the divine inspiration and authority of the 66 books of the Holy Bible as the complete canon of God's testimony to mankind. We are committed to esteeming Scripture as the very Word of God, inerrant in its original form. We do not accept any doctrine which contradicts Scripture. We do not accept any doctrine which contradicts Scripture, okay? All right. We understand that there are many practices and doctrines that are considered orthodox which do not con contradict Scripture, but which are not directly addressed in His Word. We're committed to giving liberty in the belief and practice of these teachings, but we will endeavor to maintain the simplicity of the biblical testimony and its stated practices as we are given grace to perceive them. We do not accept any spiritual experience as having its source in the Holy Spirit that does not have a precedent in Scripture. We do not accept any revelation, vision, dream, prophecy, or discernment as truth which contradicts Scripture or cannot be verified by it. We do not believe that any other writings have the same authority as the canon of Scripture. 
on the Lord's Supper, we acknowledge the ordinance of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Jesus and as a testimony of our communion, common union with him in his body, the church. We consider it a holy ordinance, but we do not accept the teaching that communion, communion is for the purpose of remitting sins, which, which scripture testifies is based solely in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Right? Okay. Do I need to read that one again? Okay, all right. On water baptism, we believe that water baptism should be by immersion and accomplished immediately after commitment to the lordship of Jesus and his atoning sacrifice for our sin. This ordinance is personal, a personal and public statement of faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on our behalf and is a commitment to lay down our lives to be one with him in his death burial, and resurrection. On the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we've got some crazy people in here on that. We believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an additional impartation which may be subsequent to regeneration. Blah, blah, blah. This baptism is usually accompanied by the gifts of the Spirit, such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, etc., we believe that this gift is presently available to all who believe. Amen. Amen. But it's not essential for salvation or regeneration. While these are accomplished by the Holy Spirit, there are disciples who did not even know that there was a Holy Spirit. Just as Paul made it a priority to instruct, to instruct those believers and pray for them to receive this gift, we are committed to doing the same. Amen. The purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to impart spiritual power to the believer to be a witness. This baptism is to be distinguished from being filled with the Spirit, which can be a special and repeated empowering for specific purposes. We believe that when Christians truly have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, they should begin to take on his nature and fruit, becoming helpers and comforters, leading others into truth and testifying of Jesus. On the present ministry of the Holy Spirit, we believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And that his ministry in and through the church by the Holy Spirit has not changed from the beginning. We accept, acknowledge, encourage, and seek all of the biblical gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit as present and vital for the church to accomplish her full purpose today. <clears throat> On the second coming of Christ, we believe in the literal, physical return of the Lord Jesus Christ to take authority and rule on the earth. We believe that those who are alive and remain at the return of our Lord will be changed and caught up to be with him in the air. Those who have died in the faith will be resurrected and precede those who are alive in being changed and caught up to be with him. We believe in the literal, physical resurrection of both the just and the unjust for the day of judgment. For those of us who have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on our behalf, this resurrection is for eternal life in fellowship with God. Those who are not justified by faith in Jesus are re resurrected for an eternal judgment. Good job. Good job. So now there should be no questions. 
So in reference to that last part, yes, I believe all those amazing things, but I'm not waiting for the rapture. I want to see heaven invade earth now. I want to see it now. And when it happens, it happens. But let's see heaven here on earth. <clears throat> so really quick, as quick I can, as quick as I can. Oh, Jesus. I want to cast vision with you guys really quick. Because, see, there's going to be some words that I'm going to say that maybe you're, you're familiar with and, and, and maybe may mean something different to you than it, me- it meant to us. But I remember when we first came to Ohio, when I used the word apostolic, I, I quickly recognized that apostolic in this area is not the same apostolic that I knew it to be, meaning the fivefold ministry. So when I talk about the ecclesia, the government of heaven, I'm talking about the apostolic, the full fivefold ministry being established here on earth. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to give a little bit of language to what this house is and what it looks like and where we're going and what we're seeing here in Ohio and what, what it is that God's doing because all of this is relevant to right now in the time that we're living in this nation, in this nation. So um, let's turn to Ephesians 4. We're going to turn to Ephesians 4. 4.11. So Ephesians 4.11 says, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be uh, uh, influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. See, everything changes. Everything changes. I'm going to use words like kingdom, and I, I say this often. Just because you hear the word kingdom doesn't mean they're functioning in the kingdom of God. I've, I Listen, I, I'm around a lot of people, and I, I mean, it's like, oh, brother, that's not kingdom. Oh, well, oh, brother, we're all about the kingdom here. And the truth is, they have no idea what the kingdom really looks like. So the way that we see, when I talk about the apostolic, the kingdom, everything changes with the new lenses that we put on. And I'm going to say this really quick. We call it our pillars of truth. And I'll ask you guys a question. It's this, who is God? 
And the second question is, who are you? The third question is, what have you been given? And the last question is, what are you doing with what you've been given? Because see, how we see God, how we see God, who is God? Well, he's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the I Am. He, he's the beginning, the end. He's my Father. He's all those things. But if I ask you, who is God? Because see, how you see God is how you will see everything. How you see God is how you'll prophesy. How you see God is how you'll pray. So the answer is, who is God? God is love. And everything that we do and say has to stream from that view of who God is. Because, listen, people can say, man, I know the word. Our church is all about the word. We're a Bible-based church. It's great. It's good. But if our lenses are wrong, all we're doing is beating people. Listen, let me just give a perfect example. I was, I was a really violent person in my past. My, my, my testimonies, you know, I was involved in organized crime. I used to sell kilos of cocaine. I've been shot, been beat. I mean, you name it, we did it. That's the life I lived. But if anybody ever would have tried to come and tell me about Jesus, like, hey, brother, you know what you're doing? You're sitting, man. You're going to burn in hell, bro. Man, you better stop what you're doing. Oh, man, there's a special place. You better watch out, man. Man, I would have beat the living snot out of him. I'm just saying. You know, not, not now. But because, you see, that, that's what our evangelism is turned to nowadays. Because some people only know a judgmental side of God that they don't know, they don't have relationship with the Father. To know that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever. You see, so how we see God will determine. I can tell you how you prophesy. Oh, I just see the Lord. Um, you know, yeah, this, per, just you, brother, right here, the this invisible row. <laughs> I just see like uh, uh you know, you, yeah, you're you're really playing with fire right now, because you know you know you're you're about to burn, yeah. But but that's all I see. I gotta go. Love you know. Thank you. And what happens is we begin to prophesy according to a judgmental voice, rather than saying, "Hey man, I just want to let you know that there's a father who loves you so much, and he says that you he says that that if you just cry out unto him." That there's a newness that's coming. You see, it's about the lenses that we wear. And who God is. And sometimes as Christians, we misrepresent who God is. And God's like, that's not me. That's not me. So who is God? God is love. Everything we do has to come from that place of love. Who who are you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. No, you're a son. You're a daughter. 
You're a righteous heir in the kingdom of heaven. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Right? Come on. Right now where you sit, this is an embassy. This is sovereign ground. Why? Because you are here. And why? Because you are representation of the kingdom that you're from. So everywhere you go, you are walking on sovereign ground. Can you imagine? I'm in heaven. This is heaven on earth. Listen, you've got to think. Change the way you think. That's, that, that, that's what re- repentance means. Metanoia means change the way you think. Turn away from it. That means that everything the way that we thought, we, we, it, it has to shift. This is heaven on earth. Why? Because we have gathered. And because we have gathered, this is the ecclesia. And because this is the ecclesia, oh, come on. <laughs> the Father's heart. So who are we? We're sons and daughters. What have we been given? We've been given an inheritance in heaven. Everything that the Father has, you have access to. Everything. There's no lack. What the Father has, it's yours. Isn't that awesome? Like, it's yours. And what do we... So... I, I, I kid about this, you know, and I got to watch how I kid about these things now because they write articles about you. But, but if, if I was a billionaire, I would obviously sow into the kingdom and do all that kind of good stuff. But I would have a brand new Harley for every day of the week. I would. I'd have a, I'd have Monday, you know, trike and Tuesday street glide and Wednesday electric. I mean, I'd have it because I could. And guess what? My children knew they could have it too. Why? Because I'm their dad and I'm a good dad. We'll pray about that one, Bart. But see, he's a good father. He's a good God, and because he has everything, he wants to give you what he has. So what do you have? All things Jesus. So now I get to ask you, what are you doing with what you have? We have, we have a good group in here, maybe even those that are watching. What are you doing with what you've been given? How many people are being saved? How many people are being set free? How many miracles are happening? How many dead are being raised? Are you just walking around Walmart, just doing your thing? How are we spending your inheritance? That's what it means. What are you doing with what you've been given? Do you only come and do church here? And that's it? You know, we, we, we have to change the way we think. New year. We get to step into it. So how do you, how do you spend an inheritance in heaven? You know, I know that if, if, if my dad was a billionaire, he died, I would get the money and I would get to spend it. Well, Jesus died, was resurrected. But now you get the inheritance. You get everything. 
And that means that you get to spend it. That means that everywhere you go, you get to write a check <laughs> for new legs. You get to write a check. Who needs a new heart? Who needs new eyes? Who needs, who needs a new kidney? A new liver? new hip bone? New shoulder. Come on, Lord, I'll take the shoulder. But we get to write checks because we get to spend the inheritance, and that's how we do it. Everywhere you go and say, listen, pray for people. That's how you get to spend it. So it all comes from how we see God. So that's very important. The Father's heart is to build family. See, when I began to talk about the fivefold, the, the ecclesia, the, 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 the government of heaven, the apostle, the Father's heart is to build family. That's it. We were at Ephesians 4.11, right? That would be the apostle. The Father's heart is always to speak to the children and always tell them who they are. That's the prophet. See, I'm talking about the offices. We have the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, the pastors, the fivefold. And when we begin to see the fivefold, all in place, then we see the kingdom of heaven become manifested. And as it becomes manifested, the kingdom gets demonstrated in the fullness. So the Father's heart is to build family. That's why you see the apostolic always building. Hey, we need to do this. We need to do that. Come on. Let's, I mean, the, the builders... The, the visionaries are always going like, oh, that's, yeah, they're, they're apostolic. And then you see the father's heart always desires to speak to the children and tell them who they are. That's the prophet. The father's always chasing after his children. Always. That's the evangelist. You see him at Walmart. You see them with a shoulder messed up. Like, yo, I'll be right back. Yo, what happened? Oh, my shoulder. Man, can I pray for you? And you're praying for him right there. That's the evangelist. Everywhere you go. Right? You like, you like, you want to tell him about Jesus. That's the evangelist. The father is always wanting to cover his children. That's the pastor. Right? The pastor's all, come on. You know, it's all right. It's going to be okay. Come on, let's go. And the apostle's like, hey, you got to get up. Shake yourself off. The prophet's all, you know the Lord loves you. Let me tell you about who you are. I'm going to call out your purpose, your destiny. The evangelist, come on, man, let's go get some souls. The harvest is ready. The souls and harvest, we got to go. Right? That, that's the evangelist. 
When your house is an apostolic house with apostolic covering, the heavenly and supernatural things of God begin to manifest. The angelic encounters happen. People began to have encounters with Jesus. <laughs> we have never been a house of titles. I've never been a guy of titles. As a matter of fact, I really always tried to run from titles. And it wasn't until several years back, or years ago, that the Lord began to speak to me about, um, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Speak to me. That it's not about titles, but it's about honoring and having a culture of heaven to honor the call that's on someone's life. And I believe we need to learn how to function in a culture of heaven. We need to learn how to function in a culture of honor. So, in an apostolic house... The apostle will stretch you, and he'll train you, and he'll make you feel. I get this a lot from our team. <laughs> we'll have our team meetings, and I said, okay, listen, I want to have a school. The school we're going to do is it's going to be on, on a power and evangelism. It's going to be a seven-week course. I want us to write a curriculum, and we're going to start that uh, two weeks from now. And then I want our evangelists to do it. We've never done that before. It's okay. God's with you. You're going to do it. I'll help you along the way. And then, see, there's a stretching that comes in, in, in the building season. But then you have, that's why it's important that we see the fivefold come together. Because when they're all established in the house, when you see the ecclesia, of the government of heaven, the fivefold all operating in a house, you'll see the fullness of God flowing out of the house. When you see the prophets in the, where they need to be, where the apostles are at, where the pastors are at, where the teachers are at. The, the uh, I'm sorry. The apostolic will stretch you. It'll equip you. He pulls out the gifts that are inside of you. He pulls out the things that listen. People, that's part of my gifting and my calling is that I can look at somebody, and I can see the purpose and the destiny that God has for him. But I can say, you know what, Melissa? There's a strong seer prophetic mantle on you and I can begin to call that gift out of her and we can bring that to heaven's reality right now because that's what God has called me to do that she can now begin to step into her purpose and her destiny and say God I don't know what this is all about but here I am When the fivefold established is being established, it brings clarity and it brings restoration to the body and to the land. There's a heavenly governmental shift that takes place. You see, we're not here to do church. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I know that that may be hard for some to understand. 
and I'm not trying to offend people, but I didn't come to Ohio to do church. We are the church. We come together and we worship and we equip each other and we sharpen each other's swords and then we go and we send out and we see the heavens manifested here on earth. It just so happens that giant killers have to hang out with other giant killers. Simple. You can't be a giant killer when you're hunting rabbits. No, listen, no disrespect. This is nothing to do with the church down the block or the church in the next city or the church in the next state. I'm speaking, what is God doing in Northwest Ohio? What is God doing in this region? What is God saying? This house is called to be a training center. This is, an, this is a governmental house that will see the mighty exploits of heaven manifested. I'm not here to do church. You want three slow songs, two fast songs, cue the smoke. You're not going to get it here. You make it to smoke if we're doing a play. Or if it's a youth event because youth pastors like those kind of things. I did. True story, man. When I was a youth pastor, my pastor came in the room. (laughs) I filled the whole church up with smoke, boy. The kids disappeared. Like, where are you? I'm over here, Pastor. (laughs) I know. True story, though. (laughs) Really. There's a governmental shift that takes place when an apostolic center, when 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 the fivefold is established. Let me tell you why. Because, see, when the government of heaven comes... The region has to respond. It has to. It responds to what God is doing. There could be, listen, I I did a time in Alabama. There was the Bible Belt, hundreds of churches. And, I mean, 25 churches on the same street. All of them were in revival. Every single one of them. But there was no power. No power. They're doing good things because that's what they know to do. And if that's their portion, hey, okay, more power to them. We pray for them. But, man, I'll tell you what, I want to see the dead raised. I want to see heaven manifested. Every one of you in this building is a leader destined to lead. I see prophets. I see apostles. I see teachers. I see evangelists. See, Churches was never meant to be ran by, by an individual. We got into that mold. We got into that mold. The old wineskin is where one person did all the ministry. That is a pastor-led ministry. The new wineskin under the apostolic says every believer is equipped to do the works. Every one of us in this room, there's no difference between me and you. He says, if you just believe, 
you'll see my glory. Oh, how many of you believe in here? Holy Ghost. That's it. If we believe, we'll see the glory. What happens in the glory? Obey Jesus. Uh, come on. All things Jesus. And sometimes too much Jesus that people who can't believe have a problem with it. Every one of them, every one of you. Let's turn to, uh, well, real quick, I'll just give you this scripture. Acts 8, 4. Although the believers were scattered by persecution, they preached the wonderful news of the word of God wherever they went. They all went out. Every one of them. I don't care if you were saved yesterday. Man, listen, I know people that don't know nothing about the Word. They have an encounter with Jesus. They get fired up by the Lord. And all they want to do is tell people about the Lord. Let me tell you about the, oh, i got to tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Ah. And they went out. Mark 16, 17 through 18, all can heal and deliver. And he said to them, as you go into the world, preach openly and wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Can you imagine? Whoever believes the good news and, who is, and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Let's stop right there. How many believe? Come on. These signs will follow those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will heal them. Shaka bam. Come on. That's a lot of glory. John 14, 12, all can do miracles. And I tell you, this time is truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these. Because I go be with the Father, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to Him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. That can... Isn't that powerful? Imagine you say, hey guys, I gotta go. I gotta be with the Father. Y'all, I leave Holy Spirit. He's going to be here. Now greater things will you do than what I did. <laughs> Come on, man. That's pretty deep and phenomenal for me. And we can grasp that. Like, God. And then he says, if you just believe. That's it. 
1 Corinthians 14 says, All can prophesy. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands the word he says because he's not speaking to people, uh, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. If the spirit of the Lord dwells inside of you, you can encourage one another. You can speak life to one another. You can speak victory. Edifying, exhorting, comforting. You can all prophesy. Now, we're going to be doing a prophetic school later, and we'll get into more of that stuff. But Hebrews 5.12, all should be teaching. That was my prayer for a long time. I said, Lord, I said, man, I, I would see, you know, my pastor, and I would see all these amazing. I said, God, just give me a little bit of that. I mean, that, these guys are, like, amazing. So I'm a horrible teacher, God. I'm a revivalist. I'm a, you know, that's, that's what burns in me. And he took me through a season of just digging in. Hebrews 5.12 says that we should all be teachers. For you should already be professors instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God. The basics of God. Prophetic oracles. We can all spend time with the Lord. All believers, God has called. Every one of you are called to be ministers. Every one of you. Now, with social media the way it is nowadays, <laughs> it's like apostle so-and-so of the third power <laughs> of international of Mount Zionai slash Gold Mike. It's a true story. They put that on the title of their name on Facebook. I'm like, come on, really? Forget about it, right? But so what what is the true march of an apostle? I mean, we, we can look, you know, I was I was looking at this the other day, we, I mean, about how they, you saw how they were persecuted and how they died. I mean, they were, it was horrible. They were martyred and crucified upside down. Some were, were dismembered and, I mean, horrible persecution. One of the first marks of a true apostle should be, people should immediately be able to recognize the Jesus in you. The apostles should be operating in the supernatural realms according to uh, Acts 4.23. 4.23, the apostle worked in great signs and wonders and exercised authority over the works of darkness. In 2 Corinthians 12.12, Paul, uh, 12, Paul shows us a sign of a true apostle with his ability to perform miracles. Apostles are also able to interpret what God is doing. What is God saying? What is he doing? What's happening? Apostles are those that will lay themselves down for the church. Apostles will also recognize the fivefold gifts. 
the, recognize, uh, the recognizable anointing to set the church in order, to establish the fivefold ministry, to call out the prophets, the apostles, the evangelists, the teachers, and the church. Signs of an apostolic house are this. The first sign of an apostolic house is the constant release of vision and revelation. The apostolic house to be seen through vision and revelation. This house must be able to discern and embrace what God is saying and doing in order to release impartation to its people and its region, regions and the seasonal timing of the Lord. The second sign of an apostolic house is the authority and the power to receive, uh, that is received and demonstrated. The evidence of the open heavens will be manifested over that house, but not just for the people, but also for the region of their placement. The land will begin to respond. I loved it when we were in Bryan. All of a sudden, how when Brian, we started seeing the National Guard come. And then we started seeing the front page of this newspaper, the front page of that newspaper, the community coming together. Then the mayors coming together. Then they're writing all these things. Got calls from some of the people in the council. I don't even know these people, but they're saying, Man, we're seeing what you guys are doing. It's just the, the community, the region begins to respond to the fivefold being established. You know, we look at Bethel, and we look at Redding, California, and, and with Bill Johnson, what's happening over there. They are the lenders to the police department. The police department is struggling. The church goes and writes the checks because they become the influence. That's what happens when we see an apostolic house begin to set up an order in the region. The region begins to respond. The third sign of an apostolic house is it'll create gateways in the spirit realm to release people into higher levels of living in the kingdom of God. They're also specially graced to accomplish their assignments. There is an enabling power given to the apostles that is released in their house and their ministries to help the region and the people. The fourth sign is the manifestations of the signs and wonders and the mighty deeds. There is a relief to spiritual gifts. Ministry gifts are mobilized. Schools of healing and people are being taught about healing to people and people are being trained. Listen, you become a training center. What time is it? Okay, here we go. Oh, boy. Okay, let me, I'm going to fast forward a lot. Ooh, Lord. Because we have some more we want to share. So moving forward. Like seven pages forward. <laughs> what can we expect this next season? What is God going to do? Absolutely. But we're going to be launching new spring and summer outreaches. 
schools and walking in the supernatural lifestyle. We're going to be launching a brand new prophetic school. It may be a nine to 12 week course. We're not sure how many weeks it's going to be, but it's going to be a live prophetic school that we're going to be doing. From there, we're going to go into a seer activation school. We're going to be doing another power and evangelism school. And these are going to be all new curriculums that we're going to be doing. Worship schools and training, unlocking the seer gifts inside of you, walking in the kingdom, walking your kingdom mandate, walking in the fullness of the kingdom. This place will be known as a launching pad. This will be the eagle's nest. The Lord's about to do some amazing things. I'm going to tell you what, every one of you that are a part of this house, get ready. Get ready. We're going to see some amazing things happen. There is a frequency from heaven that is finely tuned to the ears and the voice of the bride. <laughs> Holy Spirit. We will be the builders and the connectors and the leaders. We will uncap the wells of healing and miracles for our nation, our city, and our states. To unify the body with one sound. Alice, come on up here. We had a lot more planned for tonight, today. All right. It's going to be tonight already. So you guys do, we have four-hour chairs. Y'all are good. (laughs) They're good for at least four to six hours, guys. Listen, I just want to stir a hunger inside of you guys for what God's going to do this next season. There's so much more that we have. Listen, as a house, I'm stirred. But we're going to see the Lord do amazing miracles. And I'm going to tell you, man, to be a sounding alarm, to be a voice, be, be, be that voice for a generation. You know, we've got people that are sending we got pastors that send their people to come here to get delivered because they don't know how to handle the demonic. We got people that are sending people here to come and get healed and set free because they don't know how to handle it in their church. But God's going to do something. We just wanted to release prophetically what the Lord is saying this year and some things the Lord has been speaking to us about as a house and not only for our house, but as a nation, because out of an apostolic house comes words, not just for the house, but national words come out of the house of an apostolic um, home. And so um, I was driving one day out of the parking lot here and I just saw this big old truck and it said grief so big along the side. And I began to ask the Lord about that, and he started to show me that a lot of people have been in grief this past year because of loss. But then I began to see the Lord catching every tear in the bottles. 
And so I asked the Lord about it. And in Psalms 34, 18 through 20, he talks about this. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. He always read, he's always ready to restore the repentant one. Even when bad things happen to good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near. Not one bone will be broken. This is where we're at. Revelations 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from your eyes and eliminate death entirely. No one will mourn or weep any longer, and the pain of wounds will no longer exist, for the, for the order has ceased. I think that's key right there, that it's going to cease and it's going to be gone. In Psalms 56, 8, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle, and you've recorded each one in your book. Everyone is recorded, each one of your tears each one of the bad situations you've been through this past year has been recorded in heaven and is well noted. God sees everything and knows everything. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, all praises belong to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He always comes along, along uh, us to comfort us in every suffering so that when we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial, we can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. The comforter is here with us this year, and he's bringing comfort to those that have had grief in their life. Thursday night, we were here in worship, and I just began to hear about redemption and redemption and all of a sudden, I began to see the cross and the blood, of, uh, the blood that he shed for us on the cross. And I believe that there is a redemption this year, but the redemption is going to be about the blood of Jesus. I believe that we're going back to the cross, and everything that's going to come out this coming year is going to be about the power of the blood. I think that's something we've lost focus on. And the Lord is bringing us redemption through that blood. Ephesians 1 through 7, uh, one, uh, uh, chapter for, uh, Ephesians 1, verses 7 through 9. Since we are now, now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascade, cascading riches of his grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. From the very beginning of time is what's being redeemed. He began to speak to me about the prophet's and how the prophets have been in frustration and, uh, and feeling uh, stuck in some areas. But this is the year the Lord is releasing the roaring lions to bring and to speak with boldness and great authority. Especially helping you understand the power of prayer with shifting things through prayer. He also began to talk to me that... We are not to wait this coming year for something tragic to happen for us to cry out to him. 
Our crying out was always made for others. Our war cry should be for others and for our nation, for our city, for our state. The crying out has to be something we continue to partner with the Lord in to begin to cry out from the loins of Christ in intercession and prayer this year and in declaration and proclamation. We can't just cry out when the tragedy hits. We have to tune in with Holy Spirit to keep a constant crying out for the things God wants us to cry out for according to his kingdom, according to his will. I was sitting one day and I had a vision of the Lord lifting the veil on his people this year. That all deception would stop. And what they thought was that they were seeing as soon as their eyes opened, they then realized it was all lies they were seeing. It was almost like they were asleep. They had become robots. Just getting up, doing the same thing every day. And God came and lift the veil on them. As the veil was lifted from their eyes, the Lord began to speak to me about him revealing things to us, the good and the bad. But the bad was going to be because we needed strategy this year. Strategy comes with us seeing what the enemy's doing. We have to be a step ahead of the enemy this year. But when I began to see that, that we were seeing the bad, even though it looked, things looked dark, they could not, we could not give up because we had to keep trying for the light to come. That should be our petition this year, that the light of the Lord would come to our nation, would come to our cities and our states, that there wouldn't be any darkness. And I heard the Lord say, I heard the Lord say, do not fear the darkness. I will allow you to see. He said, I am with you. Isaiah 41.10, do not yield to fear, for I am always near. Never turn your gaze from me. For I am your faithful God, and I will infuse you with my strength, and I will help you in every situation. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. We are entering into the year of promises. See, the kingdom mindset is not what we see in the natural. It's what we see in the spirit. We could see something different in the natural, but God's saying this is the year of promises. Apostle Pete was talking, I guess, last week about the crossing over and the crossing over and that God was crossing us over. Well, anytime there's been a crossing over, it's been a crossing over of, of his promises that you begin to obtain. But this year, it's attached to your destiny. And I just kept hearing, yeah, my, they're, they're, our promises are here, but it's going to be with our destiny. And what we were created to be and to do. Second Peter 1 Peter 1.4 says, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of the, these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of this world. The promises are us escaping the corrupt in the world. That we keep our eyes on him. It was funny because I was, uh, we, we started to do these shakes and, and I had these two brand new cups that we had never used before. 
and for me and my husband to put our shakes in. And the Lord, I was in there and I was pulling them out. And they, I forgot I had them, actually. And that speaks a lot in the spirit. When you forget, you have something, right? So my husband's was like a military <laughs> camouflage cup. And my cup was a purple cup. But I didn't think anything of it. You know, when you're doing your daily stuff, you don't think about those things. So we were in our office one day here. We were in a meeting. And the Lord began to tell me about, he says, look, look at your cup. And I go to look at my cup, and it says H2X on it. And I'm like, H2X, what does that even mean? Like, where did that even come from? I had never seen that on my cup before. And actually, my husband bought me that cup on our way here when we first moved here. We were in our vehicles, and we stopped over at a Bucky's, and he said, I'm going to buy you this cup um, so you can put your, it'll keep your drinks cold. And um, <laughs> it was funny because I was driving a whole different truck back then. <laughs> and so when we drove over here, I, I, he reminded me, the Lord reminded me about the H2X. When I went to look it up, the H2X was a device that was built during World War II. And um, they would do blind bombing in those days because they didn't have enough uh, equipment at that time to have a radar to see where the bombs were dropping. So this H2X device was like, it was so small, it fit in your hand, which spoke volumes to me. That, you know, like God says, what's in your hand? And I, and I began to see videos on this, and, and I began to listen to veterans talk about this device, how it was so, and they start talking about how they prayed over the device that it would work. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and this little device began to give them a greater radar of where the enemy was at, that it could even target the boats of the enemy. If, you're in our, if you've been in our house for a long time, you understand boats are a big deal to us here. And when you're trying to take out the enemy and you can see their boats, that's a big deal. <laughs> but it changed the world, that little bitty handheld device that could fit in your hand. And, um, and they would do a lot of blind bombing back then because before they had this little device. And um, I started thinking about it in the spirit this morning. And I said, God, what, what were you saying about this whole blind bombing thing? And he said, well... He says, uh, some believers have been blind bombing one another. He says, but this year, there's not going to be no more blind bombing to one another. He says, because instead of bombing our enemy, people were bombing one another in the body of Christ, hitting other believers, not just the enemy. And he says there was too many casualties involved. He said, but this year, he says, I'm upgrading the device. Well, since World War II, they upgraded the device. When they upgraded the device in the plane, I was watching videos on it, and they compared the new device. It's called the Eagle System. <laughs> It blew me away. So
So I believe this year we're going to have an upgrade on our devices and in, in, in our spiritual, in our spirit to have eagle eyes again. That when we drop our bombs, that they go and they land on the enemy and not on one another anymore. Because we're going to see, we're going to see before we even drop any bombs on anything. We're going to be able to see the enemy and the enemy only because our eyes are going to be fixed on Christ. I believe the Lord is preparing an army this year. This army is going to come with boldness. But we are not to misuse our boldness. We are to stay in humility in our boldness. To know that we are totally dependent 100% on Holy Spirit and the Father himself. And it is not going to be a year where we just pull from our gifts. But it has to be a pulling from him and him alone. This past year, a lot of people were pulling from their gifts, and the Lord began to show me. He's like, this is not even about your gifts. I was watching this cartoon the other day, and it was funny because the Lord sp speaks to me very different sometimes. And he, I was watching this cartoon, and this little girl's going around, and she's telling everybody, you're more than your gift. You're more than your gift. You're more than your gift. And I believe the body of Christ needs to wake up to that. That they're more than just their gift. That if you lose your gift from one day to the next, that your identity and who you are is in him. And it doesn't matter about your gifting anymore. But that your eyes are fixed on the Lord and the gifting doesn't matter anymore. It's just you and him. So there's a greater intimacy that we're going to be able to walk into this year with the Father. Being laid down lovers again for one another. Laid down lovers for Christ and Christ alone. And that we would lay ourselves down for one another, not be judging anymore. But taking consideration before we open our mouths and judge somebody else's situation or circumstance. But take heed to the heart of the Father. Because the heart of the Father is what matters. That we look more like him and sound like him this year. That we don't speak in our own or how we feel in our emotions or our opinions. Our opinions are not going to matter this year. It's what the Lord is speaking this year. We're almost done, guys. So, as we close, close uh, 2021, and we step into, we step into 2022. When we came to Ohio, it was the Isaiah 22:22. 22, 22. And this morning, the Lord said, we're now stepping into the Daniel 2.22. So for 22. And for those who don't know the story, I'm not going to read all of it, but you can read, go and read in Daniel 2. Basically, it talks about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And he tells his magicians and the 
tell him the dream that he had, and then to interpret it. He told him, I want you to tell me the dream that I had. And if you don't tell me the dream, then I'm going to tear you into pieces and I'm going to destroy you. But then Daniel comes along. And Daniel finds out about it. And he requests to see the king. See, this year, the Daniel 2.22, the Lord's releasing strategy from heaven. He's releasing the wisdom of heaven. He's releasing purpose and destiny. And I'm going to start at verse 15. He asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? <coughs> so Arioch told him that all that had happened, Daniel went at once to see the king and requested what requested more time to tell the king what his dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. Intercession is going to be key this season. Intercessors, you need to get on the wall. There's been a governmental shifting. There's going to be a shift in the governmental. There's going to be a shift in the nation and the government of our nation. Get ready to see this shift happen. That's why it says the intercession is going to be very key. The watchmen need to be on their wall. But heaven's wisdom is coming. Strategy from heaven is coming. Then verse 18 says, And he urged him, and he asked God of heaven to show them what is mercy. Show his mercy by telling them the secrets. So they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Daniel, praise God of heaven, he said. Praise the name of God forever and ever. For all the wisdom and power, he controls the course of the world events. He removes the kings and sets up the other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholar. In verse 22, he reveals the deep and mysterious things, and knows what lies hidden in the darkness, though he be surrounded, though he is surrounded by light. Hmm. Heaven's mysteries are going to be released. Strategy from heaven are here. Daniel 2.22, I believe, is where we're at right now. Okay, just, we just stand Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your goodness, God. Father, we just declare, God, right now, God, open heavens, God. We thank you for, for what you're showing us for year this year moving forward, God. For your wisdom and your strategy, God, that's being released right now over the body, God. 
Lord, it's not just about a house, God, but it's for the nation, God. It's for the body, God. And we thank you, God, that heaven's wisdom is being released right now. Right now, God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for the intercessors, God. I thank you for the watchmen on the wall, God. For the, for the declarations, God, that are coming forth. I see it. This is a year of declaration, God. Of decrees, God. Declaring the goodness. Declaring victory, God. Right now, we declare it, God. In Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that even now, God, that you would seal every word. And every word that's not of you, God, it would fall to the ground. Every word, Lord. And we thank you, Father. As we go, Lord, you keep us safe. Those that are watching, protect us, Lord. Protect our families. And, Father, we all stand in agreement as we say we rebuke COVID in the name of Jesus. And we pray right now. And we break every spirit of infirmity that would try to come against his body. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys.